listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea still fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at just funny and I always keep it cute and if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea go and give us a follow at no filter with zach on the instagram or you can always join our private facebook group the link is in the description below right now i hope you are sipping on some fizzy housewives inspired wine for yourself packing a punch at 13 percent alcohol by volume less than a gram of sugar it is my no filter wine i like to call it my housewives watching wine tonight or sorry today or whatever time you're listening to this I have out my, I'm not going out tonight, I'm disengaging, because that's kind of the mood and the vibe that I've been in lately. I'm disengaging, and if you caught last week's interview with Meredith Marks, it has broken the internet. It was all over the place. We were in, like, E! News, page six. Thank you, Evan Real, for being the first to cover us in page six. Um... E! News, Hollywood Life, um, we were all over the place. People, it was quite uh, quite a press week. So thank you, Meredith Marks, for coming on the No Filter Podcast and spilling that tea. Love me some Meredith. If you haven't checked out the podcast yet or our interview, it's available on YouTube, youtube.com slash JustPlainZach, or here on the podcast. We have new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, okay, we do have a lot to break down today. Now... So we've been reading uh, Holly Madison's book, Down the Rabbit Hole, and I've also been watching the Secrets of Playboy documentary because everyone's like, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. And I was like, I didn't even know there was a documentary. Now it's like a hot popping documentary that everybody's talking about, which made me kind of curious. I started watching, I think I'm, let's see, the first four episodes in. It's a lot to digest. A lot of people are like, it's so dark. You can't watch more than one episode a night. Um, it's a lot of information. And I have a lot of different thoughts and opinions on it. So we will dissect all of that. I've also started watching over the weekend. I started watching Girls Next Door the first season because Holly Madison and Bridget Marquart have been doing interviews. And they are promoting their new podcast, Girls Next Level, which is where they rewatch old episodes of Girls Next, Girls Next Door and then kind of relive it and retell what was really going on in these episodes and in those scenes. So I am rewatching it. Um, and I've heard some of their opinions about it. And I don't know if, like, I get it when you're watching reality TV and you're watching yourself on reality TV. You watch with a more hypercritical lens where I don't know if I necessarily got the same impression just as an objective viewer that they were getting of themselves in their edit. It is interesting. I went back and was kind of like looking into, since we are reading Holly's book, I wanted to know, like, well, what's Kendra saying? What's Bridget saying? So... We will be recapping some of that. Bridget and Holly were just on Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop podcast. I know I posted a video of everything Bridget has said about Hef, The Mansion, and uh, Girls Next Door. That I, A lot of people in the comments were like, you took all this information from Heather McDonald and you didn't even really properly credit Heather McDonald. I tagged Heather in the comments. I tagged Heather in the caption. I just want to clarify that you can only fit... Uh, uh, one minute and 30 seconds into an Instagram reel video. Um, it was not an intentional snub to not like actually say Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop. I love Heather. I've had her on this podcast. Um, 
So it was not an intentional snub at Heather. It was a fantastic interview that Heather gave and everyone should go and listen to it if they really want more. I'm just going to pull some of the, the tidbits. I did watch... Kendra Wilkinson's interview on the Juicy Scoop podcast with Heather McDonald. Highly suggest everybody go listen to Heather McDonald. Subscribe to Heather McDonald on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Go give her a follow on Instagram. Give her a follow on Twitter. Go sign up for her Patreon. I love Heather McDonald. There is no shade to Heather McDonald. I love her. I love Juicy Scoop. I'm a part of the Facebook group. Please stop coming for me on the internet. Um, but so I did listen to Holly and Bridget's interview and I listened to Kendra's interview amongst many, many, many other interviews. I was watching, I was consuming everything on YouTube. So we will be breaking down everything that Bridget has said and everything that Kendra has said. We'll continue to break down what Holly said in book club. And then I do want to talk about Tom Girardi and Sutton Strack because there are some deets on them. Sutton is being blasted by the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast for the letter that she says that she received from an attorney. The other women are clarifying what that letter actually was and how they feel about how she brought it up on camera. And then Tom Girardi's former mistress is owning up to their affair, their years-long affair, and she is speaking out against Tom what their relationship was, and some of the sins that Tom Girardi has committed. So without further ado, let's dive into everything Bridget Marquardt has said about uh, Playboy, Hef, The Mansion, all of it. Okay, so let's dive into it, shall we? So Bridget Marquardt was on Heather McDonald's podcast, Juicy Scoop, alongside Holly, promoting their new podcast. And she says that... Um, when it comes to like dating and sleeping with Hef, she says that she was pressured to sleep with Hef by the other girls and that they, she went out with, she used to come around the mansion and kind of just hang out. She really wanted to be a centerfold and eventually she got invited to go out with Hef and some of his girlfriends. He always had about like seven girlfriends around him. She was invited to go out with them one night. Holly Madison has kind of spoken about this before, that usually when you're invited out, you get invited back to the mansion and you're all invited up to Hef's room. And usually that's where Hef does like a pass around where he sleeps with all of the women in the room um, and goes from one to the next and one to the next and one to the next. So Heather ended up going over to Hef's bedroom with the other girls. And uh, I guess they were all taking their turns and she was kind of like, ah, ha, 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 like awkwardly laughing about the awkward situation. And she told herself going into it, she's like, I'm not going to do anything that I don't really want to do or I don't want to feel pressured into doing anything that I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do or don't feel like I should and one of the other girls actually pressured her into going and sleeping with him. She's like, what, you're not going to sleep with him? And she's like, well, I wasn't planning on it. And she's like, well, if you don't plan on it, then you can plan on never coming back to the mansion and you will never be invited back. And so she was like, oh, shit. Well, I really want to be a centerfold. I really want to be in the magazine. I really want to pose. So she said that she ended up just kind of ponying up and decided to sleep with him that night. And after that, she says that like her morals were kind of compromised. And at that point, she was like, you know what, if I already went there, and I already did that on the first night, whether I wanted to or didn't want to or felt pressured to or not, I did it. And at this point, I'm going to make it worth it. So if I had to sleep with him, I'm going to make sure I milk it for everything that I can. And that was the motivation behind her decision to ultimately become one of Hef's girlfriends and move into the mansion with Holly and some of the other girls. 
said after that, when it came to the nights that they would end up doing the boom boom in the bedroom, that she always liked to be the one to go first. She was always like, I want to get it over with. I want to be done with it. She said it also felt cleaner than having to go after a line of coochies. She wanted to make sure she was the first coochie. That way, you know, it was a fresh knob. Sorry, that sounded a little vulgar. (laughs) Um, But eventually... She said that sex with Hef kind of just stopped altogether once Girls Next Door began, once that kind of took up a lot of his schedule and took up a lot of their time and energy, that that just wasn't really much of a thing for her and Kendra and that they would often try to get out of sleeping with him. She does also bring up quaaludes. She says that she was first offered quaaludes, which we know are what Hef described as thigh openers. And she says that when she was first offered the quaaludes, which was the first night that she went out with half and the girls, that she initially declined. And the other girls were like, no, don't decline them. Because if you decline them, then that means he's going to stop giving them to us. And we don't want him to stop giving them to us. So they pressured her to at least accept them, even if she wasn't planning on taking them. Because she said that she never wanted to, but the other girls, whether they were dealing them on the side or whether they were just taking them because that's how they were able to get through, you know, sleeping with him afterwards, whatever their motivation behind it was, the other girls didn't want to give up that opportunity. So she said that she would accept them from him, but just throw them in her purse. And she said she never actually took them. And her and Holly both say that they just stopped altogether at one point and he just stopped giving them out. So unclear as to why, but they said at some point they just remember it kind of stopping altogether. When it comes to the documentary, she talks about that as well. She says that she only did, I think, like an hour. I don't remember if she said a day or an hour of interviews with the producers for the documentary. And she says that while she didn't have, while she did have some bad experiences, she claims that 98% of the time her experiences were always positive and she doesn't necessarily share the same experiences that Holly had. But she said that she was, I guess she didn't say that she was disappointed, but she seemed disappointed in the fact that none of those interview bites made it into the Secrets of Playboy documentary. It was all only clips from her in the second part of the docuseries. There are 12 episodes altogether, but the second one was called, I believe it was called Girl Next Door. And that one primarily focused on Holly and briefly on the show, no real mention of Kendra. Um, so it the primary focus was on Hef's main girlfriend, the most notable one, which was Holly. So Holly and Bridget both agreed that they really only included interview bites and clips that supported Holly's account of what happened at the mansion, but didn't include any of Bridget's positive stories that she seemed disappointed because it wasn't, I guess, the most accurate portrayal of what her experience was at the mansion. She does uh, talk a bit. She has talking a bit about Kendra lately. We know that Holly and Kendra have been feuding for years. Uh, she mentions that she is still super close with Holly. As we know, they're doing a new podcast together. She says that she's not as close with Kendra, but she'll check in with her or touch base with her every once in a while. I didn't get that same impression from Kendra when she was on Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald, but we'll get into the Kendra stuff shortly. When it comes to leaving the mansion, she says that once Girls Next Door came about and they started to gain a little more celebrity and more success, she obviously got her 
Beaches spinoff, which was called Bridget's Sexiest Beaches, which focused on her, I guess, exploring different exotic beaches. She said at that point she had to leave to go film that. And at that point she was kind of one foot in and one foot out. And then ultimately she dipped out altogether at the end of season five. And then we know Girls Next Door season six was focused on Holly and then the two new girls that were brought into the mansion, replacing Kendra and Bridget. But I don't think that season really did that well. And that was the season that Holly ended up leaving. So that's when Girls Next Door was really just Dunzos. She does say that it was after she left the mansion that she met her boyfriend, Nick, and she has been with him ever since. They've been together for 14 years and she seems really happy with him. They seem like a great match, a great couple. They're still together and good for her. You do you, girl. You live your best life. Oh, Okay, let's see how Kendra feels about things because Kendra's done several interviews. Kendra's talked about it a lot more than Bridget has. And we know Kendra and Holly have been very vocal about their thoughts and feelings about the mansion and about Hef and about each other. So when it comes to Hef, Kendra says that he was a really great man, but she never really saw him as her boyfriend. And in an interview talking to Dr. Drew, she said that they were really just friends, she and Hef. But they were more of like friends with benefits because she did have to sleep with him. And when it comes to sleeping with him, she said in her book, her second book, which was Being Kendra, she said that she had to get very litty city and she had to be very high in order to sleep with him. But she said that there was really no way around it. It was kind of just part of the job. She would clock in and clock out. She'd rally up, do the deed, and be done with it in about a minute. And then Hef was on to the next. They all kind of describe it as only having to be like a one-minute experience. But I guess when you have 15 different girls, you know, you come, you ride on it, you do, come ride on it, that pony. So they come, they ride that pony, and then they bounce off onto the next. Well, they don't, but the next girl comes on to ride that pony, that pony fueled by Viagra. So she also claims that she didn't have to sleep with Hef before moving into the mansion, but she said this in retaliation or clapping back to Holly Madison. Holly, as we know from book club, called out Kendra in her book, Down the Rabbit Hole, for saying in Kendra's first book, uh, Sliding Into Home, Kendra claims that Hef gave her a physical key to the mansion and then allowed her to move in right after seeing her photo as one of the painted ladies at the party. He was enamored with her, immediately invited her to move in. Holly in her book says that's not how it happens. You typically don't get a key to the mansion. First of all, you don't ever get a physical key to the mansion, number one. And number two, you don't get in without sleeping with him first. That, that, that was essentially your audition before getting in. It was the prerequisite, and she called Kendra a liar. Kendra, for the most part, originally said that she didn't have to sleep with Hef in order to get in. And then when she was asked that question in more recent interviews, she kind of seems to dodge it, which alludes to the fact that Holly was telling the truth, and Holly did call her out for lying. When it comes to living at the mansion, Kendra says that she didn't live in fear like Holly either. She said that she lived in the moment and she had a great time. She told OK Magazine that they lived a great life and she never felt like a piece of meat. And even after moving out and getting married to Hank, she would still visit the mansion and took her kids to the mansion when they were little. So she seems to still have a decent relationship or at least did prior to Hef passing away. And I think there are more recent photos of Kendra and Hef at least in comparison to Bridget or Holly. The parties, she said, which I found very interesting, she said that the parties were always very classy, that they started off um, 
as like these really big extravagant parties, but as cell phones and camera phones started to become more prominent and as Hef started to film them and do sizzle reels to send out to the press, that the parties kind of just stopped being, they stopped feeling exclusive and nobody wanted to come to Playboy to do anything damaging that would end up in the press or that would end up on somebody's camera phone. So bigger A-list celebrities stopped coming and when they stopped coming, the parties kind of started to dwindle. And then eventually they would rent out the mansion and allow other people to host their own parties at the mansion and Kendra said she never went to those and those are probably the crazy parties that people hear rumors about because she says and Heather McDonald agreed because she said this to Heather McDonald on Juicy Scoop she says that um, both of them actually say that they don't remember any crazy stuff going on there that it was always just a good time the food was amazing Kendra said if anything she was the wild one dancing on the tables trying to spice things up with Girls Next Door, she said that she was initially against the idea of doing Girls Next Door. She wasn't interested, didn't want to be seen as a hooker on a television show. And she's like, I know exactly how they're going to portray us. I know exactly how they're going to, you know, what they're going to say about us. And I want nothing to do with that. So she said that the producers ultimately had to convince her on it. But she also claims that she made zero money from the show. Holly said that they didn't make any money for the first season because they have claimed that them being in the magazine and getting their $25,000 compensation for being in the magazine that first season was their total compensation overall. So Kendra ended up telling Heather that she had to really hustle on the side, travel, do appearances. That way she made some money so that when she was ready to leave the mansion, she at least had a little nugget to fall back on. Then she was ultimately offered her spinoff Kendra on E, which eventually went to Wii TV and became Kendra on top. And then she said once they went to E and the focus became more about the drama, which was probably around the time Hank had his like cheating scandal and they were going through their marital issues. She says that it was around that time that she was less interested in doing reality TV because at that point the culture wanted more drama and she liked the light, fluffy, fun Kendra show rather than Kendra on top because Kendra on top was just a lot more drama fueled when it comes to Holly now we know she doesn't get along with Holly who was one of the other girlfriends with half while her at her time at the mansion and her co-star on girls next door in talking to people magazine Kendra said that Holly is full of lies and she's just hungry for more press she also said that Holly isn't real and is really just embarrassed of the path that she chose and she's repeatedly said that Holly is just trying to play a victim out of embarrassment she also recently told us weekly that it's been 10 years since she's really talked to Holly or Bridget and she says that she doesn't even know them anymore which contrasts what Bridget has said recently about her kind of staying in touch with Kendra every once in a while but it definitely seems like Kendra just has moved on and wants nothing to do with any of the the mansion or anything on how Kendra feels about Playboy now she says that it feels like such a lifetime ago that it doesn't even make sense for her to talk about it and she definitely seems to be irritated when people ask her about Playboy in a lot of her recent interviews she has a new real estate show I believe on Discovery Plus, don't quote me on that, but she does have a new real estate show where she is selling houses. I haven't seen the show. I've only seen like a couple of clips here or there, but in doing press for that show, she was asked a lot about Playboy and a lot about Girls Next Door. She 
it seems like didn't want to be asked about Holly Madison. I In watching Kendra's interview with Heather, there was a comment that Heather made about how I know you don't want to talk about this and you don't even have to respond to this. But Heather talked about a photographer that I guess worked with Kendra and also around Holly and he didn't have nice things to say about Holly. So Heather brought that up on the show and Kendra didn't really address it. She's just like, look, I only pay attention to what's going on around me and my focus and blah, blah, blah. But she also did say that she's not interested in any sort of Playboy or Girls Next Door reunion. I believe Hef's most recent wife said that she would like to, um, or one of his recent girlfriends said that she wanted to have a reunion with all the girlfriends and do something fun in that sense. And Kendra was like, yeah, no, no, thank you. She said that she'd rather go grocery shopping, but ultimately she has no shame about the life that she once lived. She very much owns it and seems to be, you know, content with her choices. So we will continue to dive into Down the Rabbit Hole with Holly Madison. We'll break down the next four chapters this Tuesday on our Bravo Book Club. We go live on YouTube and live on Instagram at No Filter with Zach and YouTube, youtube.com slash just plain Zach. If you're watching this right now on the YouTube, smash the like button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so yet. And be sure to hit that bell button as well. That way you always get the tea up in those notifications. Okay, Trisha A. Bigelow. So we remember, guess who's back, 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 back again. Trisha A. Bigelow. So remember, Erica was talking about how Tom on his flip phone was, um, what was he doing? He was talking about, um, or he was texting other women, and there was a series of screenshots, or I guess photos of his flip phone that Erica posted on her Instagram shortly after, uh, when, after she filed for divorce. She posted on her Instagram all of these photos of these messages with Trisha A. Bigelow, who's a judge here in California, and Tom Girardi. Well, in a new article for the LA Times, Trisha, via her lawyer, is now speaking out about Tom Girardi, their affair, and where she stands with him today. So her lawyer has now come out and said that I'd like to call her uh, Gigolo Bigelow. That's my nickname for her. That's what I called her in my Instagram reel where I broke all of this down. Her lawyer is claiming that all of the gifts that she received from Tom Girardi have since been returned to Return to Tom Girardi or return to the um, trustee? Unclear. Of, I'm, I'm assuming she turned stuff over to the trustee. However, there is no actual list of items that she actually received or the value. She kind of just showed up with like a little backpack. I'm, you know, obviously this is hypothetical. I'm paraphrasing. But she essentially showed up with the bag and she's like, look, here's all the, the gifts that Tom Girardi gave me. Here you go, trustee. Leave me alone. I did my business. I'm good. But nobody knows exactly what Tom gave her over the years that hasn't actually been fully tracked down or itemized. So it is possible that maybe she turned over some things, but maybe not everything. I don't know if she had, you know, a pair of $750,000 diamond earrings, but it's definitely within the realm of possibility. But her lawyer is claiming she returned those gifts. Now, the LA, the LA Times did ask her attorney if she planned on, you know, returning any sort of compensation for the alleged plastic surgery that Erica accused her of receiving. Erica claims she got a new butt. 
we also remember at the reunion, she talks about how she found messages between someone, between a mistress, and she texts back, nice tit, stupid bitch. So uncertain if Erica's clearly claiming that Trisha received a new butt, but it's uncertain if she also received a new pair of breasts or if those breasts were bought for somebody else. But I don't know how you return a butt. I don't know how you get a refund on a butt. I mean, if anything, it would, I would assume she would just kind of compensate for the value of the butt that she got from Tom Girardi. But obviously, if she was able to afford it, I don't think she would have needed Tom to have actually purchased it. But she's claiming that she had no idea that any of the gifts were given to her or purchased with misappropriated funds. This is where it gets a little dicey, right? Because was all of Tom's money misappropriated funds? Not necessarily because we do know that in these cases, he was entitled to a 40% commission and he was entitled to attorney's fees. We just now know that he was abusing those fees and um, not giving his clients all of their money. So technically... I'm not defending Tom Girardi. I'm just def- I'm just kind of laying out the case for you, but I know some of you guys hate when I give you facts, but technically there was a percentage that was entitled to him and his law firm. He just happened to be abusing that and according to his former clients, not giving them all they felt they were entitled to. We also know that he didn't seem to be paying some of his lenders. He didn't seem to be paying some of his co-counsel. So everyone's saying that they didn't receive all of the money that they were entitled to. That's not to say that they didn't receive any money because we do know he was making some payments, um, but it does seem like he was giving people the runaround. It does seem like there was a Ponzi scheme that he was running, and there were a lot of misappropriated client funds and uh, commingling of the funds that is definitely not allowed, definitely illegal, and should have gotten him disbarred a long time ago. So... Trisha A. Bigelow did step down last year in 2021. I would say, I guess a couple or shortly after the news of the affair broke and Erica doxed her on Instagram. She claims that the affair lasted from 2012 to 2016. So they were seeing each other. It's unclear of what the nature of their relationship was, but we do know that according to the messages Erica revealed Trisha A. Bigelow was making sure Tom was writing the checks to pay her plastic surgeon for her new butt. She, when asked by the LA Times about the plastic surgery procedures, her attorney said that medical procedures are private and confidential and that they're not going to address any questions about that. So maybe she returned a diamond necklace or maybe she returned a pair of earrings or maybe she returned, you know, a pretty dress to the trustee to liquidate in some way. But it doesn't sound like she wants to return that badonkadonk. So Trisha A. Bigelow your caboose is still in question. So now there is a like there are strict rules between exchanging gifts between judges and attorneys. Her attorney is claiming that she recused herself from any case that was involved with Girardi Key, so she never oversaw that. So there was never a fiduciary responsibility that she didn't abide by. And on top of that, she says that she was allowed to receive gifts because there's a special stipulation, even though, you know, attorneys aren't supposed to gift judges anything. They're claiming that you can if there's a romantic relationship and the two are actually dating, which in this case Tom and Trisha sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. 
she, I guess, is now owning up to this relationship and willing to give an interview to the press to avoid any, you know, issues with the California State Bar. Obviously, it's not allowed to receive gifts from the from any attorney, but she, I guess, had to out that they had a romantic relationship and define when that relationship lasted in order to say at least the gifts I received were kosher and I didn't break any laws. Ethical, moral, I don't know, that's up for the court of public opinion, doesn't seem very kosher in my eyes. Um, you can't just say, well, we had a romantic relationship. Isn't a fair, really, a romantic relationship? Like, are we really trying to paint an Eddie and Leanne Rhymes type of love story right now? Because he was technically still married. So, who knows how many other mistresses he's had. We do know that there were rumors of... Um, sorry, I wasn't picking my nose. I was scratching, uh, scratching underneath my nose. Um, we do know that there was his travel agent that he was rumored to be having an affair with as well in more recent years. She was seen out with him a lot. She was also seen out with him most recently after he was uh, checking into the assisted care facility. We saw them having lunch together in Pasadena. So who knows what's going on with her, but I assume at this point she might be kind of done and out of it. I wonder how many of his flip phone booty calls he's still trying to hit up because we do know he calls Erica fairly often. Um, and from what she's claimed, he's not all there. Like he's not fully aware of what's going on. That happens when you ultimately develop Alzheimer's or dementia. So whether or not he's playing it up, whether or not it's continued to develop is all neither here nor there, but where we're at guys that's where we're at with it okay Sutton Strack so the ladies of Beverly Hills are blasting Sutton Strack for talking about getting contacted by a lawyer regarding the Girardis in a new episode of the Beverly Hills after show Kyle Richards is claiming that she heard about this a while ago and never really thought that Sutton was going to bring this up that Sutton came to her when she initially received it and Kyle was like so it was interesting timing Dorit then clarified that it wasn't even like a formal letter she wasn't it wasn't a subpoena it wasn't a deposition Dorit's clarifying that it was actually just an email that Sutton received that was asking if she wanted to participate because she had been so vocal on the show, because she had said that she had heard a rumor about, you know, somebody wanting to leave the law firm because of some shady business dealings and their wife told them to get out. So the attorney left. So because she was so vocal about that and brought that up on the show and talked about it at the reunion about hearing rumors, this attorney emailed her and said, hey, are you interested in providing some information? Are you interested in turning in, you know, any details that you may know? Sutton ultimately clarified at the last reunion that she doesn't know anything. So Dorit's like, it wasn't anything that she needed to hire a litigator for. It was literally just an email saying, hey, would you like to participate? Sutton naturally passed that over to her attorney. Sutton is now saying that the reason she didn't bring it up initially is because she wanted her lawyer to look it over at first. And her lawyer said not to bring it up on camera just yet. Not until eventually Erica claimed that Sutton was a liability to Garcelle as a friend. Once that comment came up, Sutton was kind of like, well, I'm not a liability. And she said at that point, her lawyer had given her the green light, obviously, because she wasn't being deposed. It wasn't like anything you know, she wasn't legally tied to anything. And if she already had a lawyer, then she wouldn't have needed to hire 
an independent litigator to answer any questions, especially if, according to Dorit, it was all voluntary and they were just asking if she wanted to come forward on her own. They weren't necessarily requiring or requesting anything. If anything, she could have just ignored it altogether. Um, But for whatever reason, it sounds like she hired a litigator and then wanted to make it seem a lot bigger once she brought it up on the show, which Dorit and Kyle were like, we're really bothered by that because we know what it actually was and it wasn't as salacious as she was claiming that it was. She received an email. Now, in the actual episode, though, Sutton does mention something about not wanting to go to Chicago. She's like, Chicago's a nice city, but I don't really want to go to Chicago, which leads me to believe that the lawyer that contacted Sutton was actually Jay Edelson of Edelson PC. We know he's the one that was suing Erica for $2 million in Chicago regarding the Lion Air case that Gerardi Keys formerly represented. Edelson PC was co-counsel on that case. So... I'm assuming Jay Edelson was likely or someone from his law firm was likely the one that reached out to Sutton to say, hey, do you want to participate in this case? We know that that case was ultimately dismissed and Jay Edelson has reopened or refiled that case here in California under much bigger charges. And it's well beyond two million. It's now he's seeking twenty five million, which after reading the documents myself and after also discussing it with Emily D. Baker, he's likely not going to be getting that $25 million and is probably not even interested in that $25 million. And if you actually go through the lawsuit itself, you're like, really? You're really going to try to turn $2 million into $25 million? Like, that's a really big stretch. But I think he's casting the net so big, that way he'll likely fall within that $2 million mark to make sure the clients get their money back. He's claimed to have already given the clients that $2 million out of his own pocket or out of his firm's pocket. He's given them that money already. So now any money that he is seeking is to just reimburse his own firm for that. He may get some of it. He may get all of it. He may get none of it. He may be out of pocket altogether. Um, Yeah. So curious what you guys think. And how you guys are feeling about Sutton, the letter from the attorney or the email from the attorney, thoughts on Kendra and Bridget, thoughts on Trisha A. Bigelow. I like to call her Jigolo Bigelow. Let me know what your thoughts are. I also have a question for you guys. So my, I've been talking to a couple of different ad agency or not ad agents, agencies um, in general, just about like, you know, or I guess different podcast producers and stuff about trying to figure out like where no filter goes, what we're going to do with it. Obviously it's continued to grow. We've launched product. We have a merch line. We have all this stuff. But one of the things that they suggested to me was that I drop the, or that one of the people that I've spoken to has suggested to me is that I drop the hashtag from no filter. I know I always address it as hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. I kind of just wanted to do that to differentiate from anybody else that wanted to associate themselves with the name no filter, number one. And number two, I, at the time, started it as like a play on social media, right? I was very involved in the new media, social media world. So I was like, oh, hashtag no filter just kind of seems kind of fun. Um, It's a play on the hashtag that people often use. Everyone's always like, no filter, no filter. But I have noticed that people know it as no filter. You know, the no filter podcast, no filter with Zach Peter. Even when it's abbreviated, it's abbreviated with an NF and rarely ever a hashtag. So I'm curious if like, it even matters. Like, do you think it even, it's it's even like a real thing if the hashtag gets dropped or not? I can still open the show and be like, you're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter. 
Your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. Spilled fresh three times weekly. I should probably add three times weekly since we do release episodes every three times, three times a week. Um, curious if you guys give a shit. Like, do you care about the hashtag? Do you not care about the hashtag? Do you like that it's called hashtag no filter? Do you like that it's just, do you, would you like it cleaner if it were just no filter with Zach Peter? I don't know if no filter makes as much sense because at least hashtag, I don't know. I'm curious. There is another chick that came to the podcast game. She didn't seem to have lasted very long, though. She also named her podcast hashtag no filter, but she actually wrote out the word hashtag no filter. Um, I don't want to say that my podcast is more popular, but and I know there's also a no filter with Naomi. I believe Naomi Campbell has like a, a YouTube series. I don't know if it's still going on, but I remember for a hot minute she was like doing interviews on a YouTube channel and she called it no filter with Naomi. Other than that, I don't believe there's any other no filter. And I believe no filter with Naomi and hashtag no filter, the word hashtag no filter. Um, I believe those have both fallen off because I'm the only one that's last in this game. So there really is only one true no filter and that's with Zach Peter. So that's a very long rambly rant to say drop the hashtag or don't drop the hashtag Leave me a comment below or DM me. You can keep up with me at Just Plain Zach. That's my personal handle. You can get behind the scenes of my life, behind the scenes of the show, behind the scenes of my interviews. Um, or you can follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach. And that's where you're really just going to get all the tea, the scoop on reality TV and all of our favorite stars at No Filter with Zach. Be sure to stock up on No Filter Wine at nofilterwine.com for fun designs inspired by some of the most iconic housewives moments inspired by Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, Atlanta, and New Jersey. Obviously, Atlanta's airing right now. Beverly Hills is airing right now. Salt Lake City is going to be coming back soon. New Jersey will be coming back soon. So you're going to want to stock up right now. We have a nice uh, fizzy rosé and a nice fizzy white wine, 30% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. Must be 21 or older to order, and you can order at nofilterwine.com. I love you guys. Stay tuned. I do have a very good, juicy interview with Jenny McCarthy Wahlberg from The Masked Singer can't wait to share. As you guys know, I worked with Jenny for many, many years. I've known her since I was like 16 years old, and I'm so excited to actually sit down with her for a truly unfiltered power hour. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful Monday. See you for book club on Tuesday, and I will talk to you later. Bye.